Welcome to the No Risk Sports Performance Podcast, where we discuss all things sports performance, from training to nutrition and recovery to individual and team victories on and off the field. I'm your host, Judah Boulay, owner of No Risk Sports Performance in Lincoln, Rhode Island. I'm ready to roll, so let's do this. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the No Risk Sports Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Judah Boulay, and today we're going to take a moment to just talk about long-term athletic development, and I'm going to give my viewpoints and perspectives on it instead of having a guest. This has just been a topic which is more and more becoming near and dear to my heart as my own kids start to get or develop themselves in sports and get asked to play on more and more competitive teams and almost being not forced, but pushed to specialize in a sport um, based on commitment from an early age um, where you have playing one sport and the sport goes on for about 10 months with a very limited off season. So um, figured I'd take a few moments because this is something that a lot of athletes, a lot of youth athletes are experiencing. So um, when we look at movement, all right. And one of the things is that like, I am a movement coach, right? I work at enhancing movement patterns for, for athletes, right? So that they can excel in their sport, all right? So when we just look at movement alone, where we don't put sport into it, all right, or athletics into it, the seven basic movement patterns are hinging, all right? This is where you can, you push your hips back and, you know, so you have hip flexion by pushing the hips back and then extension where if you squeeze your glutes, um, the hips come forward um, and you have hip extension. Um, we have a squat, which is different than a hinge because a squat is bringing the hips down and it's using the quads or the front part of your leg more so than the back part of your leg, which is the dominant muscle group in the hinge. Um, we have lunging. This is a unilateral movement pattern um, where with this, I put stepping up as well. Um, we have pushing, which is either vertically or horizontally um, pushing an object or, or just that push. We have a vertical pull. We have a horizontal pull. We have engagement of our core through rotation. And then we have gait or locomotion. This is running, walking, skipping, or, or any of those movements. Now, each of these movement patterns all right, can be trained with just our body weight, just through basic walking, or they can be trained with resistance training or body weight training as well. All right. So hinging, we're talking about movements like a deadlift or a kettlebell swing um, with squatting, squatting, any type of squat with lunging, you know, you can lunging forward, lunging backwards, um, stepping onto a box, stepping onto a stair, um, pushing, you know, a push up is a, um, a horizontal push doing a handstand would be an example of a vertical push or pushing dumbbells overhead. When we talk about pulling, doing a pull-up is a vertical pull. Um, doing more of a rowing motion would be a horizontal pull. Um, when we train core, um, these are more, I like more of the isometric movements or the stable movements like doing a plank, um, which is training your core, but it's also training anti-rotation 
Um, you know, you, so you can train rotation by training rotation or anti-rotation. And that just depends upon what athlete you're dealing with or what time of season and time of year, et cetera. And then gait locomotion, this is just sprinting or walking, you know, um, skipping. Um, so putting the body into motion. So now those are the seven basic movement patterns, which our muscles allow us to do. Now, those movement patterns are slightly different than the athletic movement patterns. So when we look at athletic movement patterns, we have linear acceleration, taking the body from stop to a faster speed, all right, and the mechanics involved with that. Um, we also have max velocity sprinting. Once an athlete has accelerated, they've hit their top speed from the acceleration, maintaining that top speed or the mechanics of being able to um, maintain that top speed. We have lateral shuffling going side to side. We have lateral running, being able to run in a lateral, in a side direction. We have backpedaling. And with this, we have the conversion of running forward to all of a sudden having to turn to backpedal. We have the hip turn, which is an explosive movement of using the hips to turn and change direction rapidly. And then we have the mechanics involved with jumping. Now, all these athletic movement patterns, all right, we see when we play sports um, or we or we see and all these things can be developed playing a sport all right but they get optimized not playing the sport and that's where that training piece comes in so when we get an athlete into the to our place and when we start working with them we're working on all seven athletic movement patterns regardless of what their sport is by developing all seven athletic movement patterns we make better overall athletes all right. When we talk about the basic fundamental movements, we make sure our athletes are adequately moving and mobile and build strength in each of these seven basic movement patterns as well. So not only do we optimize through training the seven basic movement patterns, we also optimize through skill development and drills, these seven athletic movement patterns, and they're generalized. All right. Once the athlete acquires these 14 skills in two different aspects, we can then make those movement patterns and translate them to that specific sport if it's required. So when we look at sport, or when I look at sport at least, I look at each individual sport as skill acquisition. So the more sports played, the more athletic skills an athlete's going to acquire. So if you have an athlete who plays a whole bunch of sports from age three until 16, they're going to acquire a whole bunch of different athletic skills, and they're going to develop more overall athleticism than somebody focusing on one sport. Um, an example would be to play multiple sports is each of these three sports, soccer, basketball, and tennis, each have skills, all right, if we look at these athletic movement patterns, which are more predominant in one than in the other. So soccer is more linear. There's some change of direction and there's some lateral movement, lateral running, but mainly we have going from a stop to a stop. You know, we have a lot of acceleration. We have some sprinting. We have a little bit of lateral running. We might have some backpedaling. We have hip turns if the, if the athlete does it correctly. All right. Basketball, all right. Basketball doesn't have as much max velocity sprinting. It has a lot of linear acceleration. It has a lot, some lateral shuffling, um, might have some lateral running. 
possibly to have some backpedaling. All right, there's a lot of hip turn and then there's a lot of jumping. Lastly, uh, tennis, we have a whole lot of lateral shuffling. All right, you have a lot of lateral running. We have some backpedaling, all right? We have a hip turn and we have jumping, all right? But then one thing that tennis also has that the other sports right here, um, the other sports don't have is they have a lot of overhead stuff because of that racket, um, working with the racket, all right? And there might be a little bit more core component there. All right, so, but just playing these three sports, and I just picked three random sports, um, the more athletic skills that one athlete will acquire versus an athlete who specializes in any one of these. Now, the other thing is that as you play more sports, you find out what sports you really like or what sports you might naturally be talented at. If you only play soccer, you might not know that you might be good on the tennis court. Or if you only play baseball, you might not know that you might be good on the lacrosse field. All right. If you only play hockey, you might not know that you excel at basketball. All right. So that's why playing more sports helps you acquire more skills, but then that also helps you find your way to becoming a more rounded and well-complete athlete. Back when I was a kid and when I'm dating myself, this is going back 30, 35 years ago. All right. In the fall, everybody played one sport. All right. In the winter, people played a different out indoor sport from the one they played outdoors. And then in the spring, um, you played one different outdoor sport from all the pre previous seasons. All right. And in this time, as well as in the summer throughout the seasons, everybody just played around, right? There's, you know, we played pickup baseball, we played pickup basketball, we shot the ball around, you know, we, we ran around, um, you know, at playgrounds, but there was play involved. And people developed very well solid athletic foundations, all right? As well as gym class or phys ed classes used to be a lot different back then as well. So between the conglomeration of all those pieces, we developed really well-rounded athletes. And when I was in high school, some of those athletes went who played multiple sports, went to college to play D1 hockey or went to college to play D1 basketball or collegiate basketball or collegiate tennis and whatnot. So, what we're seeing now is we're seeing sports specialization at an early age. And in my opinion, and in the opinion of people with a lot more um, um, knowledge than I have, this inhibits their overall athletic development of any athlete. When we specialize at an early age in one specific sport, the skills of that sport be, for that sport specifically, all right, grow. However, the athletic skills or that complete athletic development doesn't grow. So we sacrifice sports-specific skills, or will we, we gain sports-specific skills and sacrifice overall athletic skill development, all right? And what this also does is it reduces movement patterns, and this creates overuse of the patterns which are seen in that one particular sport, which could create muscular imbalances. And anytime you don't have complete athletic development, anytime you have muscular imbalances, all right, this is going to lead to increased injury risk, all right? And we're seeing more and more athletes with overuse injuries, all right, by the time they get to high school, we're seeing more and more athletes have just basic injuries because they aren't well-rounded as athletes 
All right. So we might have really good hockey players or we might have really good soccer players or really good basketball players by the time somebody's at 10, um, 10 years old or 11 years old, but we don't have well-rounded athletes. All right. And because of that, we increase the injury risk. All right. And the other thing this does is it increases burnout in these athletes. So young athletes are playing one sport, 10, maybe 12 months a year, year. All right. From the time they're five to the time they're 14 and all of a sudden they're burnt out. They've had it. They don't want to play that sport. Or the other thing which happens is they've only played one sport. They've only focused on one sport. They only identify as that sport instead of playing other things and building up these athletic skills. And what happens if they don't make the team? All right. Their identity is in that sport and they get it, it's, it's crushing. All right. It's mind blowing. However, by playing multiple sports and acquiring multiple skills, if they don't make the team for one, they might have liked a different sport and then they can go up for that team potentially. And if they're a well-rounded athlete, all right, the carryover, it's going to be easier for them to jump from one sport to the next. Um, I used to coach rugby. It's a really obscure sport. I was lucky enough to have a high school team and I took the kids or I recruited kids for my team because I was a spring sport and the kids who didn't have the skill for a sport for say lacrosse or say baseball, didn't have that sport specific skill, but they were complete athletes. I took them and made them rugby players. And because they were athletic and because they had athletic development, I was able to teach them the skills of rugby and they picked them up quickly and they ended up progressing further and getting more playing time in my sport than they ever would in the sport, which they weren't as skilled at because of the dynamic of their athletic development. Um, so it's really important to, to be well-rounded athletes first and then specialize on a sport. Now, right now, a lot of athletes are playing multiple sports in one season and a lot of times the game for one overlaps with the practice for another. All right. And this comes to the detriment of the skills they develop by practicing. All right. If an athlete's only playing games and not practicing, then they're losing out on skill acquisition for that one sport, as well as overall athletic development. Um, it's with practice. It's with fo focused practice where skill acquisition happens, where athletes get better. Um, Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book and he, um, one of his books, um, I believe it was um, Outliers, where he talked about the 10,000 hour rule. All right. Well, that's true. He says it takes 10,000 hours of doing one thing to become a master at it. However, there's people who do it in less than 10,000 hours. There's people who do it in more than 10,000 hours. And the difference between the two is the type of practice, all right? It takes dedicated, focused practice, all right? Practicing with intent to really acquire skills and to, to gain mastery of something, all right? So practice helps this, all right? Practice with the team and then practice on an athlete's own if they want to excel at a particular skill or a particular sport, all right? So you can't avoid practice and only focus on the games. Games are the reward for all the practice that you've done to that point and should be looked at so. So play multiple sports is my main message here, all right? But if you're gonna focus on one, when should an athlete specialize? I'd say in high school. Um, you know, if 
I've, I've worked at a high school. I've seen many division one athletes who have gone on to college, successful college careers, who have gone on to play beyond college professionally. All right. Of the athletes I know, the thing most had in common is outside of this sport, they either did a whole lot of training off the field or not in their sport. So they worked on speed, they worked on agility, they worked on strength development. Or the other thing is they not only did they do that, but they played th three sports in high school, right? They had a spring season, a, a winter season, and a fall season, each with a different sport. I, one of my former students is in the NFL right now. He played football, he did lacrosse, and then he did powerlifting in the winter season and training, all right? He was, knew he was going for collegiate football, so he practiced football, his skills year-round after 10th grade, or even more so, but he still played other sports, and he still maintained that because it developed his overall athleticism. It gave him skills, which he could then utilize, all right, um, on the football field. I, uh, another student at the school went on and is now in Major League Baseball, all right? That student played football, he played hockey, and he played baseball, all right? all four years of, college, of high school, all right? Went on to college to play baseball, now is in the, the professional, uh, professional organization, all right? He developed a, an, as a complete athlete first, all right? And by developing as a complete athlete first and specializing on one sport later on in life, he built a solid foundation so that when he did acquire those sport-specific skills, all right, he was in a better place to utilize those sports specific skills because he was stronger, he was faster, he was more agile because he developed as a complete athlete first and specialized later. So this is really important um, if you want your child, right, to have the opportunity to not get burnt out, to not get injured, to play a particular sport as they get older competitively at a higher level make sure they play multiple sports. All right. The number of cases of athletes who specialize at an early age, who make it to the top level are much fewer than the athletes who play multiple sports and then specialize later. There was a statistic over 90% of the athletes um, who played in the Super Bowl, All right. And this is goes on played multiple sports in high school. All right. But here they are on the professional field and the, the, the most, um, you know, the top of the world, all right, playing in the Super Bowl, all right, and these athletes all play multiple sports growing up. So to sum it up, all right, the main message is play as many sports as you can, play around in each sport. So have fun, not just play competitively or not just practice, but play around in each sport, kick the ball around or shoot hoops for fun, all right? Know that practice is important and the key, all right, no matter what stage of your athletic development or of your athletic career, make sure, unless professional, because then it's a job, uh, but make sure you're always having fun, all right? And that's the key takeaway, all right? Make sure you're always having fun, play as many sports as you can, become a complete athlete first before you become any, um, any specific sport athlete. All right. Thanks. And next week, we'll be back with a guest um, following the typical format for the Nora Sports Performance Podcast.
See you then. Thanks for listening to the Norris Sports Performance Podcast. Be sure to hit the like and subscribe button, as well as checking out the show notes for more information on our guests. You can find us on Instagram at Norris Sports Performance. Until next time, I'm your host, Judah Boulay, reminding you to train smart and recover smarter.